0: I can you see good.
1: that you sound good.
0: I uh, yeah, the the uh, the dips and troughs that I look at on Audacity appear to be of differing varieties.
1: How do I sound? Do I sound okay? I think you
0: sound good. And then when I'm looking at these dips and troughs,
1: I recently moved my microphone. Uh, it used to be so. If you looked at my former desk setup, and I think I shared a picture in the Discord. Um, it it actually looks like I'm trying to record the typing of my keyboard, okay, uh, which is really awful for.
0: How long did that? How long was that the case? Forever. That's why you you uh, reap so what you sow.
1: But there's but there's nothing like it, it's either over the mouse or it's over the keyboard, and I feel like the mouse is less offensive.
0: I've been looking at, well, I've been thinking about not looking at at all. Uh, one of those like fuzzy screens that goes, it attaches to a mic and it goes over the mic. And I think a that pop would, filter. there you go. What th- th- I, I assume that's for plosives, I guess. Is that for plosives? You can use a, pop filters are good. Is it for plosives though?
1: What is a plosive? I don't know what that means.
0: You know, like PLs, like plosive itself is a plosive, right? Like you know, pop, like noise, like high plosive. Hold on. I don't know. All right. I'm going to Google it. You're saying words to me that are. Words that have like PLs and stuff like that.
1: Listen, I'm not here to talk to you about the audio quality.
0: Ugh. I can't find anything. P Lewis plosive. K T and P. Are we here
1: to talk about Bindio games or what?
0: A plosive speech sound. Basic plosives in English are T K and P. D, G, and B. So W T D G is two plosives. Well, it's three. Not, but only when it's a voiceless T. And now I need to look at what a voiceless T is. Is that like theremin or thematic? I don't know. This isn't important. I'm done with this. I'm putting this down now.
1: Cool. Uh, Video games and the people who play them. Uh, Today's episode of WTDG focuses in on a specific topic within the entertainment zeitgeist, and that topic is Bindio games.
0: Oh, you are a faker.
1: And the people... I caught the imposter. ...who play them. Everyone plays video games nowadays. Yeah, everyone does I, play
0: video games nowadays. We gotta get more gatekeeping going on.
1: I know, it's like...
0: I gotta so, berate so some is, people.
1: Everyone's been playing this uh, Among Us, right? But if I feel like if we switched... And we played a game like Unfortunate Spacemen. What is is Unfortunate
0: Spacemen Among Us?
1: It's a much more complex game. Uh, that is, uh, it is a seek like an imposter style game, uh, but someone is is more of a uh, a monster.
0: Okay, it does feel right. like Among Us is leading the pathway for the next actually good social deduction video game. And then that will be like a well-developed and well-curated game. So is,
1: is this the um, the PUBG, and we're still waiting for yes. a Fortnite?
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So like,
1: imagine imagine that like a, a company, and I bet like a company, like a big company, goes for this. It's going right? to be a
0: weird one too. Uh, it's like going to—you're not going like to expect a it. Blizzard or a
1: or like a Ubisoft or or even like it, it could just be like a Microsoft Game Pass one, right? Yeah. So it could just be like, here's this game that we made, uh, Bethesda and Obsidian, you know, teamed up and they made um, Spaceman's Folly. Yeah,
0: Spaceman's Folly is the game. Spaceman's Folly 1. Um, And they don't really get it right until Spaceman's Folly 2, which comes out, strangely, like two months after it. But it's the one that people really gravitate to and quit Among Us for.
1: But it's got to be simple. Yeah, it it is simple. It has to be...
0: And you're able to it. change the map in the lobby. In uh, and, and the
1: other thing, like, is it can't Space be Man's Folly. like it has to be like cute. It right? is very cute. I, I it's like... very
0: cute. It's they're all rabbits. Actually, you change the character instead of colors. You change to different anthropomorphic animals. So people are like, "Oh, okay. I think lizard is the imposter," and then the next person's like, "No, it's bunny. I saw bunny venting. Venting is still in this game, by the way." Yeah. But they use something different. It's like a hole. They like go into it. It's all like the um it's all like the, the snow map in Among Us where uh they jump into a hole because they're all animals and they like holes, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah. I, I think I, I don't remember if we talked about Among Us, but we probably did. We've we been did. playing it. It's it's Among Us, you know, it's social deduction. Uh if you've seen it, you know what it is. So. You know
0: what's so weird? We have talked about it. But you know what's so weird is that uh people would want to play that like Like queue up alone and then uh, text chat. What I know,
1: people do that. My um, my brother in law does that, and I invited him. I was like, "Why are you doing that?" Just uh, and I I invited him to our server.
0: That is like a bizarre, psychopathic sort of thing. Like I feel like that's insane. And then you know
1: what's more crazy than that is, is 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 doing it with a friend, and you both going in, and you both like ratting other people out.
0: Yeah, I mean there's so much that's weird about that. Like first, so first of all, without voice chat, it's so hard to tell liars because all you need to do is type like, "No, that's not true." Like someone someone can catch you red-handed say they absolutely did this, and with and the only thing you that we go on with voice chat is like the different intonation how this person would react to this kind of thing is it believable yeah. the way that they're saying it and then the other person has a chance to respond and how believable is it when the other person responds and if you're just gonna say in text chat oh it was definitely them they definitely vented and then like type like red 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 it was red red was the imposter like do, yeah, do you have anything sure. to go on like as anyone as, if if i'm not the imposter, if i'm like a crew member i would think like why like there's no there's no way that i could tell the truth just because you're typing red fast doesn't mean that there's any validity to it and all that other person does need to do is one time type like that's not true and then it's and it invalidates your stream of just saying red so like what a dumb experiment it feels like like an absolutely insanely weird thing like joyless soulless for no reason Yeah, so
1: I I watch people play this on Twitch because I think that it is pretty enjoyable to watch. Like like it's funny seeing like how, you know, like different people's personalities come out. And yesterday I was watching Critical. I don't know if you know him, but he's he's a pretty good streamer. He was playing. Is there a K in the Critical? Yes. He died like right away, and someone witnessed it and immediately called out and was like, I saw Red Kill him in navigation. And then the other person is like no, that didn't happen, you're a total liar, I was over here in oxygen. And, like, they didn't vote him out. And, and like, I, I think that goes to show, like, the more you play that game, like, like even witnessing a murder isn't good enough, right? It's pretty like, hard. Like, I saw someone with my... I just kill them right in front of me, and they could just be like, no.
0: It's insane. I've done that before. That's an actual gambit. And it gets harder and harder because... Of, of of people that like kill and self report and stuff like that and yeah we have
1: some people like and that's also part of the fun is like people like I can't imagine playing with randoms because the fun part also is like knowing people's habits yes knowing, the,
0: like knowing that knowing the tells or the things that people are capable of like certain people we have are pretty timid players and they traditionally won't like kill and self report or anything like that they won't like do anything too crazy, and then we have other people where, like, if they're reporting a death, you're like, you you probably self-reported, like, it's just, like, it's better to do that and to get away with it, because if you self-report, you can go into it with framing a a narrative, like, I found this body here, and I don't know, I've seen this person and this person, and then it kind of puts some blame off you, at least traditionally, people, like, don't think that that like well like why are you doing this? And then the other thing is that you're removing the body, so no one else is gonna catch you in the act. You're like removing yeah. the body from the screen, and then you're having a conversation about that body right then and there. It's kind of like it's overpowered. I feel like it obviously makes more sense to like le- err on the side of killing and self-reporting because yeah. you remove the body off the screen. You have yeah, the conversation the reason, then.
1: The reason I disagree with that is because somebody could say, well. The other thing is that, like, you kind of have an alibi for where you were, but but if people all have alibis for where they were and can be confirmed, then it's like, okay, you're actually the only person that was in that whole area, and everybody else is confirmed, so you did it. Like, there there are ways to detective somebody self-reporting.
0: I don't, I don't know if I've seen that happen, but...
1: I'm just saying it's available. Uh, but yeah, that's among us, you know.
0: I feel like uh, the the uh, the videos that I've watched that are like Among Us crazy things happening are never that crazy, and it's all it's that it's that very YouTube twenty twenty thing where uh, people are just screaming a lot, um, like you know someone jumps out of event and then people are reacting by like screaming and crying and running to the buzzer and it's like that's just that shouldn't be a human reaction to this. Like you, you should just like look around your room and realize where you are. You're not being like chased by a lion. You're you're yeah. you're an actual crazy person. We like video games. I, I like video yeah, games, among, but like among us I don't think I'm only. in a in a lion pit when I'm playing yeah, Among Us. Among
1: Us isn't the only game I've been watching. I've been watching uh, League of Legends Worlds, and it is amazing. League of Legends uh, has come so far, but also is still the same game and it it was so cool seeing um so i've been mainly watched so it's in like um they're not in groups yet they're in like the where the are they playing before, uh shanghai shanghai
0: yeah they're,
1: yeah they're playing in shanghai there's no audience uh you, you know the situation they're like bubbled the way that the uh, nba is essentially um so right now it's not like group stages it's like the area before groups where um the the third seed teams are, are playing it out uh, to see which of the third seed teams actually goes to groups. Um, and the North American team is Team Liquid. And, you know, it might have some people that you're familiar with, like Jensen on it or or Impact. Uh, but the game is, is, there are still so many strategies that, like, used to be relevant that, like, still are. Yeah. So one strategy that Team Liquid used uh, today that, like, was very nostalgic for me is they played Twitch 80 carry and Shen top lane so that you have the Twitch who can go invisible and then Shen Stan United's on top of him and, and you know, sort of does like this big surprise play where two people appear out of nowhere. Uh, but, it, but it was really cool just seeing like some of the old strats still exist. Uh, you know, there are still characters that have been around for years that are still like super relevant, but then there are new characters who like change things a lot. Like, uh, Silas, who's a character who can steal an ultimate from the enemy team. And and, and as a viewer, that, that was actually the one character that I found a little tricky to watch. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, okay, where is this Nautilus ultimate coming from? Oh, it's from Silas. Yeah. But it's cool. Team Liquid has a, uh, and you know, like I said, I've only been watching their games. But they have, like, a method of play. Like, they have, like, some strategies. And it it also just, like, seeing, like, Riot's production value on, like, the videos and stuff that they've been making, it makes me really um, excited about the future of Valorant esports. And I hope that we get somewhere with that. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah, I think I heard that they were doing, that Riot was doing their first kind of actual Valorant tournament sometime in the near future. So that's pretty cool. I'm sure they won't do anything kind of too soon just based off of uh league going on right now.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they'll they'll produce like K-pop songs with like choreography and mm-hmm. animate animate like a scream shooting out like um Arena Lear in an anime video.
0: There you go. The way that they do for for league. Yeah, they do they do a good job with that. I haven't gotten a chance to. I'm I'm going to be off this weekend, so I'll I'll try and watch some of it. I remember I'm recently watching with Sean, I was kind of surprised that, that, as you said, like there's there's some certain things have changed and it's weird to hear that thing has changed. But then it's bizarre just to see like that most of the current picks are characters, you know, like they're like we're not it's not like they were pumping out characters at the rate that they were when we first started playing. So there's not that many new characters and yeah, I think
1: it's like four characters a year, maybe five.
0: Yeah. So a lot of them still suffice. The older one, the older character, still suffice, and uh, it's kind of cool to see just that, that, like you already know that this character works like this, and certain things, like they're rushing certain items, and yeah, it's still a, it's still a good game. I, I, I thought it was a little weird watching, um, with some of the in- intricacies of seasons that we haven't played. Like there's the, the way that like the dragons work, and they change the environment. Um, there's like, there's like two dragons that are, there's four elements of dragons and they all give a different buff. And we had played, when we were still playing that, that was still the case, but there's, uh, the first two are different elements and are, and then the third one is also going to be a different element. So it's a 50, 50 between the last two elements that haven't appeared yet. And whatever that one is, is going to be the last type of dragon till yeah. the end of the game and it also modifies the arena. It was like uh flame dragon or something opens up areas more so that there's like more areas to traverse in the jungle for more fighting. Wind dragon yeah. was like it creates like movement points where you can like get a movement bonus or something like that. Um
1: Yeah. First yeah. uh, one like creates extra architecture. Yeah, so, so that it's it's like, a little
0: bit more defensive, a little bit safer. Yeah. Um, so, so th- there's these things and, uh, and then eventually there's like an Omega dragon that comes after that. But I just thought like, uh, I, I, I remember a long time ago with the scuttle crab and how I thought that like league is such a baseball like video game where, uh, it's not too insane to explain to someone the, like the, the, the major points, like the macro of it. And then the micro stuff is it's not important all at once. That's the kind of stuff that it's like. If you really want to get into the nitty gritty, like this is why this is working. This is like sca- how scaling works, or items work in Russia, and like all these kind of mini- miniature things that like people don't super need to know. Um, but the more that you add those kind of things, I still kind of like have a little uh, like I like withdraw to that. Like it's a little weird to to be like explaining the whole like dragon mechanics. They're a little bizarre.
1: Yeah, but you don't have to worry about it. Like, you don't have to worry about them too much. It's just like you could say like the dragon is an objective, you know, they go for it, they get it, they get a buff. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- One thing that, that I think is so weird about League of Legends is, you know, I've been playing Team Fight Tactics and I've been playing Terra. And, and I think the one of the things that I like about it and what it does with the League of Legends universe is that it brings you to different locations where it brings you to Piltover and Zaun and like Demacia and the Freljord like it brings you to like snowy locations or like the super technological locations like Zaun
0: or Piltover and Zaun
1: Yeah and, and and it's a it, it's kind of a bummer that League of Legends still just has that one map for Summoner's Rift and I know that you know that helps increase readability but I feel like there there is so much like flavor in the actual locales that it's kind of a bummer to miss out on that. in the yeah. core uh, game of League.
0: I could imagine, you know, in the future them doing something with that like uh certain like imagine like in the background it's like this is a zone map and certain items or something will be purchasable that are like these are Zawn items. So, like it'll be like depending on the type of map spawn if it's like a Damasia uh Demacia, uh like map then it's like you get all these Health yeah, and so like tank like items in it. and in the in the shop that are extra. You could see you could imagine things like that.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I don't think I talked too much about this on the on the podcast, but um I played some Rune Terror recently. That game is doing really well, by the way. Um they just came out with their second like major expansion. I guess it's their first major expansion because the one was kinda like their first major expansion, which was Bilgewater. But the second one is Targon. So it's based around like the celestial beings. So Aurelion Soul has like this very insane uh, control deck. And then there's uh, Leona is in there and she has a mechanic related to like playing a card first. And Diana is in there and has mechanics related to playing a card later, right? So they have like Daybreak and Nightfall. and And they're doing a lot of cool things with just like the League of Legends universe outside of League of Legends proper. I've also played a little bit of Teamfight Tactics recently, and uh, I think their current season is pretty cool. So Team Fight Tactics is their auto-battler, their auto-chess, um, and the current season has this new um, gameplay mechanic called Chosen, where as you're, as you're buying characters like you do in an auto-chess, every once in a while you'll come across a Chosen character, uh, which will have double its racial traits and also it will come to you as an upgraded unit. Um, but you can only get one. So you could choose to roll over it if you want to try to select a different chosen unit that synergizes with you later. Or you could take it early for a, a sort of nice boost in the in the early game. But but it feels pretty cool. It feels like a way to make it so that the game is less solvable. I think that that's what, what we typically, you know, we want to see out of RNG is, in a lot of cases, RNG is good in a game if it helps the game become more complicated to figure out. Um, and, you know, some games are successful with this, and some games uh, do a really bad job, right? Yeah, Hearthstone. And an example of this is Hearthstone, where uh, the vanilla version of Hearthstone, you know, was pretty great. And after the first expansion, which was... Uh,
0: well, GV, and, GVG was one of the first yeah, ones. Was that the first, first one?
1: Populace? Yeah, no. Well, the first one was technically Naxx, but Naxx was an adventure, right? So yeah. Naxx was the first adventure. People liked Naxx. Uh, Kel'Thuzad was really cool. But the second set was uh, GVG, which was uh, Dr. Boom, which was the most random and most powerful card uh, in Hearthstone at that time. Every single deck. Ran Dr. Boom because he was a great aggro card. He was a great control card, and he was just ridiculous. Uh, and that's kind of like an example of bad RNG, but I think that uh, Teamfight Tactics looking pretty good with what they offer right now. That's on mobile too, but my my, my kind of issue with it on mobile is that you kind of, the UI yeah. on mobile is kind of impenetrable. So you have to learn to play the game. On PC and, and know enough about like the language the visual language of the game that you can read it well enough that then you could play on on phone
0: yeah that's been the, the problem with Riot and their foray into mobile games is that they don't really translate the UI to like mobile UIs have to be like big simplistic easy to read And Riot doesn't do that. They kind of make these like PC ports onto mobile where the text is small and it's kind of weird and baffling to use certain things. So like if you understand what the characters and items do already, then you're not thinking about it. You just see them as symbols for what you know they do. But if you're looking at it the first time, like you said, you can't really parse out them what they actually are doing.
1: That's right. So that's not all I've been playing. I've also, and, and maybe you've been playing this game too, uh, a game called Hades. Oh, yeah. The latest game by Supergiant, creators of Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre, which I feel like is pretty underappreciated. But Hades, definitely not underappreciated. It seems like a lot of people are playing this game. It, it seems like it might actually be like their their biggest hit.
0: I think so too. And I think in a lot of ways that Hades is kind of a um like proof of everything that they've been doing over time i guess like it has elements of a lot of their past games uh tied For up it's sure. like it's definitely their style of their their art style um bastion and transistor i think transistor especially like the uh the action in transistor was a good precursor to uh this game uh i i i feel like the the narrative in their writing is definitely bastion and transistor and like I, I i see a lot of their overall style within this game
1: yeah pyre is six dollars right now it is on it is on sale this week for six bucks that game pyre was i don't know if you remember but it was a a ceremony it was a game about like yeah, a i ceremonial sports competition man that game was crazy i
0: never got that far with it It's a weird mix and I I can imagine liking it. It should be the kind of thing I like. I know you like, you always compare it to Persona because you have a lot of like dialogue and story options that are outside. And then there's this separate thing that's the actual right, like the game where it's like this bizarre kind of like basketball-y kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and it's also a weird game because uh, losing is part of the narrative so, if you lose a match empire, it just kind of plays into uh, the overall story of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Hades, yeah, Hades is. I, I think the thing that people were worried about when Hades was announced is that Hades was going to be a roguelite.
0: It, it and it is. So,
1: love that super giant narrative. And they said, how are you going to get that super giant narrative that we love? into this type of game that traditionally doesn't have a lot of narrative and they did it well, and they did it by making the failure the death uh, part of the story and part of the narrative
0: right I somewhat agree with you I they in so in, in you one of the main things you do in any rogue, roguelite is fail is like die on the way middle in the middle of the run and this game does a like Hades does a good job of uh making reference to stuff in the past especially when you when you die usually one of the first things that happens is like the first character that stands in front of the spawn point will make a comment about what killed you or you know other characters that are kind of in that lobby um will speak to you about what killed you or past runs and they don't to my knowledge like really reuse dialogue so they do a really good job of just giving you a couple new lines every single time you see a character uh, but I wouldn't say that this the the narrative is so far that like fascinating I haven't really seen it out maybe I'll feel differently uh, when I get further through it
1: yeah I don't I mean, know how far you got how, how far how far have you gotten so right now I've gotten to the third boss and but that's I've the the re- two
0: te- the team right
1: yeah and I've revealed what it is that zagreus is hoping to get yeah on his uh, ascent
0: yeah. So I've gotten to the there's a boss after that. No, okay. there's two. There's kind of two bosses. It depends on the way you think about it, I guess. But there's there's okay. a yeah, there's another thing. Okay. A snow I got to a snow level.
1: Ooh, okay. Yeah. I was I was hoping that there would be a snow level. There is. Um but yeah, I mean, like Bastion the game also has like a a pretty good suite of weapons. So far, I just have the um the core weapons, uh the sword the bow, the shield, and I have the spear, but I haven't used it
0: yet. I lot. Like and spear I know that there's
1: there's a couple more weapons after that. But each of the weapons like feels pretty unique to play. And I mean more importantly for me, um, they interact with the items that you get throughout your run in a really cool way because as you are exploring the dungeon you are getting boons buffs from all of these olympian gods and also gods of the underworld. So you're getting those boons and they're interacting with your weapons in uh ways that are different from other weapons, right? And and I think that finding those synergies uh is one of the more interesting parts of the game to me.
0: Yeah, I think one so like the the way that I think about it is that what they really did at its base that is so successful with this game is that they have these, this unique suite of weapons. Um, and all the weapons are so basic. Like they don't even really have these like complex style, uh, devil may cry or or anything like that. Combos just like there's an X button. That's like, I'm playing on using like a, uh, 360 controller, but there's like a traditional attack
1: that's like like
0: a light attack. There's a special, which is like a heavy attack. Um, And then you have what is, I think, a really cool idea is a cast, which is a um, it starts out as just a like single kind of like Hadouken, like a projectile or something that you throw. And you only and you have you have one of them and it kind of like lodges itself in an enemy. And as you uh, upgrade the roguelite, like outside, like the meta upgrades, you can get more and uh, have bonuses to using them or having them lodged in people. And the main thing that the game really is doing is that like every weapon is very basic, but works in a slightly different way. And that the boons are the things that are interacting with the weapons and making everything so different. So like that's where the weapons and the playstyle and like how you're approaching each fight end up differing so much.
1: Yeah. So one example of this is that the sword special attack is this AOE that like fires off around you. Um, It's a little bit slow to wind up, but it's powerful. It has knockback. The bow special attack is a volley of arrows uh, that shoots out in a cone in front of you. One of the boons that you could get is uh, like inflicts doom on the target, which is uh, after a small amount of time, the target takes a bunch of damage. So with the sword, it's not that interesting because the sword special has this wind up but with the bow, you're hitting out those volleys really fast. You're hitting a whole crowd of people. You can hit them from far away. Suddenly, the doom the doom uh, becomes really powerful. Um, and, and I think that figuring out what boons do you want to use with what weapons, uh, how how do you want your cast boon to interact with like your dash and your special? I think that that is the part that makes the game. Uh, so addicting of just trying to figure out like what's going to happen on the next run.
0: Yeah, there's some and really also- coo- there's some really really cool things like it, it. really does get wild. Like the the cast itself starts out very generic, but it can turn into these like wild things like a chain lightning. It it can turn into like a thrown like like a bottle of wine or something kind of that explodes and uh, does like an AOE stun and uh, like weakness and stuff. There's all these different modifiers and then there's modifiers for the modifiers in a lot of cases so yeah. you you were talking about doom and you can get uh like uh aries i think is a boon that will give you uh doom on different um uh weapons so you can get like doom on your special like you said like the bow special that fires off like a row of arrows um and then you can get modifiers for that like It takes uh, longer for your doom to explode, but it deals an extra percentage of the damage. And meanwhile, you can also get something that allows you to continually stack doom onto it to increase the damage when it actually does go off. And you can find these like pomegranates on the run that are increasing the actual boons so you can increase like the base damage of your doom you can increase the percentage damage of the explosion you can increase the amount of times you can stack it onto uh, an enemy so everything kind of has like multiple layers of uh modification
1: yeah and also there's and there is uh, have you run into the duos yet
0: yeah i really like that that's a pretty cool thing there's some there's some neat combinations with that yeah there's a there's a lot of the the game does do a lot of um uh un- unique special things uh per run that can kind of happen and start to get you excited. Um I like to go to like it is it like chaos or cosmos or something yeah, where yeah. where uh you get a I think this, this is also a really neat idea always in roguelikes where you get a stipulation like you get a stipulation or like a quest kind of where you're usually not allowed to do something or they spawn more enemies or you take more damage and you pick between three like you would pick with the other boons um, and it's usually like you know for a couple rooms uh, whenever you use your cast you take damage so you basically can't use it you're like locked out of it for a couple rooms and then you'll get this big reward if you do it correctly and it's awesome on those runs when uh, you have like a good modifier for the special and you get a modifier for that. And then you get the upgrade that makes your special fire off faster or something like that. Or uh, the the uh, hammer, which like can modify how the weapon even works on its like base level. And then you can also get these like the chaos things that can make it so that your damage is increased or fires more arrows, or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm really impressed by how much diversity there is with the boons and like actually modifying them and all like the little kind of miniature things. I actually, I played like 13 runs and there was in a run that I was playing today, something happened that had never happened before. Like there was another character that was introduced and this Ooh. whole like event happened that I had never seen. And it's like, I'd been playing a lot and the first, I don't even know, like five to 10 runs they were introducing like a new thing per run. And then I've been, and then after that, I, or it slowed down a little bit, I guess. And then just to see this sudden thing has got me even more excited. Just like all the, like, I haven't, I guess I haven't even seen everything that happens yet. I, I, and I, and I bet there's even more to do once I actually finish the game because the boons have these rarities and there's like all the way up to like legendary or heroic. There's like these crazy, I think legendary is the highest, uh, uh rarity and uh i'm still kind of playing at a at at where most of the boons are like these like gray colored like just common yeah and uh it's rare to see like the blue ones and to even get far enough to get like the epic or heroic and today i also i saw the first legendary boon i had ever seen fancy it made it yeah, it was right. it, it it was so cool cuz it was so unique for from anything i've ever seen and it made it so that whenever a cast is dropped it always comes back to me fun like instantly yeah i've been, yeah.
1: I've been going into the game totally blind which i would fully recommend one one thing that i also think is so fascinating is the nectar where you you find this item drop that's giftable and you could give it to pretty much any character in the game and the first time you give it to them uh they give you a trinket an heirloom i think it's called but keepsake. essentially it's an item a keepsake and they're all the same things right yeah <laughs> but but you uh they give you this item that gives you a like bonus uh for that run and you could switch these out between floors depending on the way that you craft your dungeon uh so you could get one that gives you extra health or item shops are cheaper or if you uh There's one for Chaos where uh, Chaos will not, you won't take a health penalty from going into Chaos, and uh, he'll give you more rare options than usual.
0: One of the things I like a lot about that is that um, it's, uh, roguelikes have this difficulty where you don't want the game to, you don't want to start going down a certain build. And then just be handed everything that works with that build. Like, handed all the synergistic kind of things that work with that build. Because then that's kind of unfun. And then also that will not have these, like, interesting cross-build synergies that come up. And it'll also make the game, like, kind of more boring. Like, if you start getting one of a certain god's build, then, yeah, it usually would help you out to get more of that god continually. But then you would also expect uh, that. But this is a cool way... Of like when you whenever you give uh, that gift to a god, um, th- they'll, you'll get a keepsake where uh, the next uh, you'll be you'll find them more commonly and it'll be a higher rarity the next time you find them. So if you if you start like really focusing down a certain God's like boons or their talents or whatever, and then you get to like a next floor, you can switch it out to get that God, again, quicker, and hopefully get something that kind of synergize with it. So that's a pretty cool way of narrowing down and like helping you into the build you want, while not like hand holding you or losing that diversity that you'll see every single run. Yeah, excited to play more. It's a really good game. It's it's really gorgeous. I have like very minor issues that I, I've heard uh, before that like that I, I guess people are experiencing too is like, there's probably one of like the weirdest, dumbest things that I could complain about that I think is a pretty big deal is that like they, the the game isn't always that readable. And it's more so on like, sometimes you'll finish a floor and there'll be uh like a treasure or uh, this like well and stuff like that. And you really kind of have to look for the envi- through the environment for it, because especially at first, I think I was passing a lot of them because they just look like they're a part of the environment. A lot of like, small things look like it's a part of the environment um and i think they should do a little bit better job of like once you finish a floor to show you like these are other things that are on the floor that you might be able to do um that's a pretty minor issue
1: yeah i get lost in the colors of the game yeah there is Uh, a lot of me to take some damage here and there
0: there's that
1: i could have avoided if i saw it
0: there's that there's also like uh, it's always kind of weird when you have like an isometric game, like aiming is kind of a little weird. I still find like the bow is one of my favorite items to use and I've gotten weapons to use and I've gotten more used to it, but, and, and there's a pretty helpful like auto aim, but, uh, yeah. uh, the, the bow just feels like, uh, at least with controller, maybe, maybe when with mouse and keyboard, it's, it's not there, but, um, uh, it, it it's a little weird aiming stuff like the Spears special attack and the bow in an isometric game, if that makes any sense. Like, it's just sure, a little sure. weird the way that the action is kind of presented. And then sometimes there's a lot of, like, weird terrain things. Like, sometimes I can shoot and my projectiles will go over terrain. like it's a lo- Like, it's low terrain, but it looks like it's a barrier. And it's not really, like, clear sometimes why... I was able to fire like over the project, over the terrain, or maybe it was just like just at the edge of it. Stuff like very minor, minor stuff that usually doesn't come into play in a major way, but it's great. It's, it's, it's very easy to recommend. It's one of the best roguelikes ever made for sure. Like it it really embodies kind of everything you'd want. It's, it's fun moment to moment. Um, There's a great diversity between runs and what can happen in the run. And there's a lot of like, cool and unique stuff that happens as you're playing the game and a lot of persistent things to upgrade and uh, like a lot of rewards. So it kind of does everything.
1: Yeah. I've been playing it on switch. There's a little bit of a, I would say that the, um the performance isn't perfect, but it's definitely enough. Like it, it'll, it'll get it done. My, my, my issue with it also is just that uh, it's a little hand crampy. The amount yeah of, uh, it definitely is
0: to do you're also like if you're doing it like they kind of expect you to be like dash dash attack dash dash attack like you're you're hitting a that lot hurts. of bugs yeah
1: you, especially on like the joy cons because i play the switch in handhelds that is that is a tough console to play a game like this on
0: yeah it if it, it, i feel like playing that game playing hades is like you 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 would appear to be on a video game commercial if you're playing that game. You're hitting, like, so many buttons so quickly that it looks like you're just, like, you're just... It's a joke. It looks like it's an actual joke, probably, to look at your hands and see, like, XAA, XAY, XB, B, -B Y. Like, that's the game. It's just mashing so many buttons so quickly. Like, it is a very quick game, and especially on the later levels, they're really expecting you to be, like... Constantly on the move and using those like iframes on the dash, so it gets pretty wild,
1: yeah. So, I'm still playing Path of Exile. I actually hit uh just today, um, my build has crested over 1 million DPS, so that's really exciting for me. Not much I want to say, you know, some people are, are complaining a bit about the league. Uh, GGG has been changing it a lot and been doing a lot of rebalancing, and a lot of people are. little frustrated with the direction that it's going in they feel like the rewards have been a little lackluster but i think people just like to complain i think that uh the last season was extremely rewarding and that that kind of made uh put ggg in a tough situation with this league uh which is definitely you know more narrative focus like you could definitely see like they are headed towards Path of Exile 2. They're making, they're testing some new things out. You could tell that this is a league where they're testing out like certain character animations and rigging and things like that. And also like, I think that this is a league where more than ever, I'm interested in the story. I think that the the characters that they've introduced, like I actually do want to know more about them. I think that they're, you know, I care about them. I want to know what their story is and I, you know, I, just, I hope that this is the direction where the game is going, uh, where they slow it down a bit, um, where it doesn't have to be like I'm exploding a million enemies at once. I, 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 I just like the current direction, you know? And and also, I, I guess I'm playing this in a way that's, like, different from other people. Uh, and, it, and it's a little bit of the way that we talked about, like, Among Us, where it's like people really do try to gamify the shit out of it, obviously. Path of Exile is is a very gamer ass video game, right?
0: Yeah, I, that, that game but, I can understand.
1: But people people turn it into like this whole thing of I just want to be efficient, and, and it's kind of confusing to me where people are like, I'm going to do the same build that I did last league because it was really efficient because I know exactly how to do it, um, and and I, I don't get that, and I don't get that because. You, you already did that, right? Yeah. So what are you trying to do this time around, like this season, that's different from last season? If you're just going to be building the same stuff again, you're going to know the exact gear that you're looking for. You're going to know where on the tree to go. And, and then it just turns into this thing of last season was better because my character got to here, yeah. whereas this season is worse because my same character got to here and and i think that's a bummer and i think that that's one of like like path of exile is a game of like near endless possibility in terms of like the way that you can put your character together so the idea of just like doing the same thing every league and people being upset comparing like their performance last league to this league it's just kind of a bummer to me yeah
0: like, so it is a really weird way it's a very um it's a very like day joby kind of way to look at it like i yeah. I, I don't like when Path of Exile really lends itself to this and it has a community that that like will play just the shit out of it and just play it for has like thousands of hours on Steam if not more tens of thousands and like they are just playing it like with every waking moment that they have to play video games and I understand like if if that's what you love then then like by by all means but when you do that to Anything and maybe especially that that is like a largely pve focused game uh you're always bound to like in the the thousand in the tens that ten thousandth hour of doing anything you're bound to have like complaints like you've done so much of it that like you cannot possibly have a like problemless experience within anything when you're when you're doing it that long and like you're just bound to to hate certain portions of it so
1: sure And people are like, the new skills are weak. Like, the ones that just came out are weak. And I'm using a new skill. And so one thing that happened very early on is uh, a really popular, very good streamer named Zizoran put out a build. Like, before the league came out, he said, I'm going to try out this new skill. This skill is called Crackling Lance. And this is how I'm going to build it. And I watched his video. And it was extremely anti-synergistic. And I was like, that build is going to suck. So everybody, you know, tried out the new skill. A lot of people built it the way that he did and say, this skill sucks. And, and it blows my mind that people can't like think for themselves and, and, and like figure some of this stuff out. So I'll give you a very brief idea of, of why his build was wrong. So his build is attempting to use this support uh, that makes it so that the skill costs an extremely high amount of mana, uh, but does a ton more damage based on how much mana you have. But the caveat of Crackling Lance is the more you use it, as you continually cast it, it becomes an AOE ability and it focuses and focuses until you're shooting a hyper beam. So
0: so you want to be you know, able to, you don't want to have it as a nuke to start out. You want to have it as like yeah. weak and then it gets stronger with you. Yeah
1: so you don't want to burn through all your mana and and like archmage support is about casting like one really big super powerful spell so it's like on the surface so obviously anti-synergistic that like people know that archmage support is powerful so they want to slot it into anything but you could tell that when ggg built this skill they said you know they probably thought to themselves we want to build a skill that introduces a new style of hand casting Where it's going to be dangerous because people have to stand in one space. uh, And it's going to really benefit from spellcasting speed rather than just ramping up flat damage. Uh, And they succeeded. And I think that the skill works really well. And like I said, I crested over a million damage. I am like destroying things. I am like, once my damage ramps up, I am like three-shotting like bosses. Like it feels great. And, And it just blows my mind that people. Like are are this far in and this far invested into Path of Exile, and they're like still having these types of issues.
0: Uh, you know what's so interesting? So I feel like P- uh, Path might be at the exact level where this is so difficult because it does. It Path requires like I wouldn't go in and really make my own build, and and I I could I, I wouldn't be efficient, and I would have to look uh, do a lot of research on like efficiency and uh, which way you're you're going, because I don't think I would be making the right decisions. It wouldn't be, it, of course, it wouldn't be the most important thing in the world. You don't, I don't, like I just said before, like I shouldn't have to make the most um, perfect build. But then there are kind of issues where, you know, like like for, for someone who um, doesn't have, you know, the one to level 70 or whatever, 80 or so, uh, where the game starts getting into end game down in like one day, uh, and has, like, you know, a full-time job. Like, I can't always get to it. Um, so you don't want to be disappointed with your build when you put in 6 to 10 hours or whatever, and then your build just, like, actually didn't work. But the the it is kind of crazy that GGG is at the mercy of the creativity of the, uh, like, pundits or the, the uh, influencers, where they can do all they want, to create a unique uh, gem or, like, a unique item. And if people don't see it that way, it, it, like, if the streamers don't uh, kind of raise it up and uh, get it the attention that it needs, it might not ever be kind of, like, used at such a wide yeah. way to, to, like, actually be become, like, optimized. Because so, some of optimization and efficiency is a lot of people doing the same thing and sharing notes on it. And if, if a streamer just tries something out and they, they are like, this didn't work out, it's shit. And there was 200,000, there's a 1,000 other people that were like, I'm gonna do what the streamer did. And then they try it out and they say, it doesn't work out, it's shit. Instead of actually doing their own thing, like tons of people using the the same thing the streamer did in different unique ways, then you don't have you don't like actually have any data because you have like the one build that the streamer made and all these other people copying it and it doesn't work out and then people are disappoint like are disappointed and then disenfranchised with it and they won't touch it again until it gets like buffs that it might not even need or deserve. So it's kind of weird yeah. to be a game company no. where they might know that like this this thing is amazing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and let me give you uh, another example just to show you how right you are. So the item that I got, I got a world first drop. It was an item called the ephemeral bond. So what this item does is for every power charge you have, it adds lightning damage, but it makes it so that you have 90% less power charge duration. So obviously this is an item that's really good if you're attacking super fast because you could keep your charges up super fast. This item is one quarter of my damage right now? If I took this item off, I would lose twenty five percent of my damage right there. This item is currently selling for one chaos orb.
0: Yeah, so it's just it's one just chaos. that no one's going that build.
1: No one under no one knows. Like it's it's absolutely nutty to me. Like people's fear of trying like of of trying to figure this stuff out for themselves. At some point, a, a streamer is going to find this and be like, "Actually, this item is insane," and the price is going to skyrocket. And this happened a few leagues ago with what was one of the best items and had to be nerfed, which was this item called Impulse's Broken Heart, which was essentially an item that it was a chess piece that added a ton of flat lightning damage. And whenever you killed a shocked enemy, they would explode. It was insanely powerful. But for the first like two leagues that it came out, nobody touched it. And then with no changes, uh, a streamer was like, "Yeah, this item's fucking insane," and the price skyrocketed. And it was like, "It's been good for leagues. What's like?"
0: I guess there's always like, like if you decide that this is a good build and you're not streaming it, then like you're then like you're you're you live in a like you're you're just in a kind of small group. Like, yeah, you're, you're,
1: then, but it's awesome because if you can like make up your own like ideas, like there's so many items and they're adding. So many new items, like, every three months that if you could figure something out before other people do, you can make a very powerful build uh, for a really affordable price.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm digging it.
0: Uh, I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Yeah. You know, I've been meaning to get back into... uh, And and there's absolutely no time for this, but I've actually been meaning to check out No Man's Sky again.
0: Oh, yeah. I saw some cool things. I saw... uh, Dune worms and space jellyfish. I love space jellyfish and dune worms, stuff like that. They're doing some. It's back to it. It's weird. It's insane to always like. I feel like they've been updating it even more rapidly than ever. And it's like they. I think it was the ten year anniversary, right? Am I am I correct?
1: No way. No, that game came out in 2016.
0: All right. Well, yeah. It's insane. It's still insane that it's as that it's as popular or it's getting as many updates as fervently as it is for a game that is like not asking money for uh new so, content. Yeah. It's it's just yeah. it's just a la- it's just if you want to play it, you can play it
1: yeah, and they're it not a, asking It is a $60 game, but at this point uh it's always on sale. Yeah. But the reviews are pretty good at this point. There's a there's a big sale going on. I feel like every game I've looked at on Steam for this podcast is on sale. Whew. Um Yeah, but it's hard to fit in all of those like grindy games, right? Because that that is definitely a game that sort of takes the same slot as Path of Exile or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And and then there's this other new game that I see a lot of streamers playing that you mentioned on the last podcast, uh, which is Genshin Impact.
0: A lot of streamers are playing that?
1: Scar is playing it, yeah. I saw yesterday it had uh, 75,000 viewers on Twitch. People like watching people open those boxes. Yeah. I love seeing it. So, you've been, have you, how far into that game have you gotten? I know it it just
0: came out last night and I was working
1: right now. I played,
0: I actually played in the alpha. So, yeah. I know. I got in like this, this small alpha by, um, uh,
1: yeah. So, it's really beautiful. I would say that it's probably, um, in my limited experience, the best looking mobile game I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Um, I would, I would agree.
1: And it is, uh, it's anime, Breath of the Wild. Like that—that that is what I would say is the um, aesthetic of it. It is super weeby. Like the the there's a character, there's a fairy that follows you around, the,
0: the that talks, speaks and in like herself, so, to herself to so herself in third action. person.
1: Yeah, like so annoying.
0: She's so uh, annoying.
1: But it is like a it's an action style like gotcha game where you're controlling different characters uh, that you're finding in in like a. In, in like action pods or whatever you call yep
0: yeah. action pods
1: uh, but but it's kind of cool because there's like this system of elements so you want to have characters of different elements uh so that you could combine things together like if things have like the toxic element on them and you hit them with fire somewhere spell break they like blow up or something. Do I have this right? I don't know. Yeah. I, um, stuff like that. I
0: I know there's like, it it, it it works very Breath of the Wildy, where it's this big open world with a lot of different environmental effects. You can like light uh, grass on fire and then maybe switch over to a character with wind and then gust the fire and stuff like that. So you're playing as these, you're swapping out different characters that have different uh, tool sets. They have different weapons that have like, unique attack animations that have their own kind of, um, uses within combat and the world. And then you also have like an elemental style, like kit. So, uh, and you, and it's a pretty weird and, uh, unique idea from like a really real well-renowned, uh, developer, miHoYo, who does yeah, Honkai is, impact third.
1: Most gotchas are, are like, right? Like usually gotchas are not this focused on action.
0: Yeah, not at all. Like a lot of gotchas that are still coming out to these days, like are we especially trending more towards not having to play. And there's reasons why, like someone who, as someone who literally still plays um, a gotcha that I've been playing Epic Seven for two like years, um, I see why. Uh, there's not all you don't always want to have a game that like requires your attention. Like some days you just want to get on and do, uh, like, dailies or something in the way that you would just, like, drink a coffee. It's like a ritual kind of thing. Um, And not having to, like, actually focus on it is, like, you just set kind of things up and you have, like, all these characters and equipment kind of aligned to be set up so that when you want to do something that you don't really have to think about it. And then there's certain days where it's, like, you want to do something new or unique or that requires your attention. Um, And this is a gotcha that... I guess probably has like none of that, none of the um, automated stuff and that you're really doing this kind of uh, moment-to-moment Breath of the Wild style exploration and dungeons and action with the kind of underlying gotcha. So there's like a gotcha that has uh, like weapons and characters and stuff in it. I I know there's uh, co-op, but I don't know if there's like PvP and I know there's a narrative. Uh, This is a company that is like really good about adding a lot of uh updates and major story content and new PvE and raids and bosses and stuff so that's one reason why a lot of people are excited like i think for i think a lot of people can see this game and think that it came out of nowhere but it was like a 2 year lead up and there was like several alphas and betas and the company is very well known within that insulated, uh, like, gotcha universe.
1: Yeah, based on what I'm reading online, I think that this, and this will sound ridiculous to you as a as a mobile gamer, but I think that this might be the first gotcha game to hit the hardcore audience uh, of gamers. I
0: think so. I think it. I think it'll. It'll. Uh, and, and I think part
1: of that is the cross play, right? Like, this is a game that uh, currently is out on PS4, PC. And mobile. The PC version has cross comp- uh, cross save cross play uh, with with mobile. So mobile and PC play together. Uh, Switch is coming, and Switch will be added to that ecosystem as well. So so I think that this game has a very good shot of becoming huge. And and obviously this game is going to be huge no matter what uh, because of the Asian audience, like the Eastern audience, that's going to play this game like fervently. I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a chance for Western appeal here. And, you know, you can even see it on Twitch. Like, this game right now has 86,000 viewers on Twitch. Pretty good.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have been really excited about this game. So I'm, I'm looking to, like, get a little bit further in. The downloading... Uh, so for day one, there's this big issue where on uh, PC... I've been downloading it, like, all day. Um, I think I might have just finished and it's verifying the, yeah. the game files but I started uh, downloading it last night for a couple hours, and then I started downloading it again today at 12 o'clock. So, yikes. Yeah, this, like, that's, is also, this is a day-long uh, I, thing.
1: I'm on a Pixel 2. My phone is like pretty old at this point. My phone is maybe like four years old. Um, it feels like my phone wants to blow up. When i'm playing this game
0: my phone my phone runs it where i'm on the iphone 11 xs max i believe and it runs it really well but it, it does start to become an actual oven in my hands
1: yeah uh, so do you, I, one problem that i have is that the game audio starts to sound super fucking weird
0: yeah like, I, I i'll check that out
1: the the if i've been running the game for too long Uh, the audio will start to, like, sound robotic and choppy in a way that is, like, this feels really bad for my phone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your phone is, like, actually starting to die. It's getting, like, diabetes, phone diabetes from this game.
1: So I think I might have to, like, transition to playing this on the iPad instead.
0: Yeah. It's a a really nice-looking game.
1: I have an iPad Pro. Like, I have, like, that's probably like, four times as powerful as my phone.
0: That's a really weird aspect to mobile gaming in general, is, like, how, like, non-standard mobile gaming uh, hardware is. Like, in, yeah. in, in, in you know, kind of, like, if, there, there are different skews of a console, and PC is all over the place, so, like, I, I that has always been, like, pretty non-standard. Uh, because those are generally, you know, like, you're you're making it bit by bit. But phones are just weird, because you could just have a phone, and then a lot, a lot of times, like, unless you're so interested in it or you're making a lot of money, like, you're probably going to stick with it for a couple of years, and they, it becomes outdated, and games can come out that are just, like, decimating the phone and the battery in a way that, like, doesn't really happen as much. Like, I think my my graphics card is fairly old at this point. It's, like, how how long ago did you and I get the that those graphics cards. i got mine
1: in 2016.
0: so i would have gotten it at the same time
1: everything oh, came go. out in
0: 2016 huh yep um feels so long no, ago have, at this point i feel
1: like the card was out for a longer amount of time but i got a job in 2016. So oh maybe
0: i probably i probably had it earlier than that i, I didn't want to say the I def- that,
1: like the 3080 came out in 2020 but you're not going to get it this year so
0: yeah it's yeah so th- that is a that is an issue that is it is kind of weird to be like Here's this mobile game, but uh it's it's in it's mobile insofar as your uh can your phone run it? Otherwise yeah, sure. otherwise it's a console game or a PC game.
1: Yeah, th- so the only issue right now with console is that the um the PS4 version does not have crossplay.
0: That's pretty weird. That's a weird that's like, issue to that's over
1: thing though
0: that's a weird issue to overcome because it makes it so that like it doesn't why would you do that there's an aspect of it that it's like i'll have it on pc and then on days that i'm working i can like continue it in little fits and starts on my phone and then just like when i'm home just log in and play more on pc if i end up like absolutely loving it then then i have that option and the idea of being like this is a ps5 or ps4 only game is a little bizarre to me when it it kind of takes away that, that phone aspect is a part of, of the overall appeal to me. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So I haven't had had a lot of chances to play it. I played it a little bit in, in uh, beta and alpha, and you can definitely expect a lot of like breath of the wildy kind of stuff with this, uh, gotcha running underneath it, but there's, there's cool stuff for sure. And I haven't gotten that far, but people who have are like really impressed with it. And I think it's, it, it should go, uh, it should definitely be said that the the thing that people are always afraid of with Gacha is that uh, that you have to like spend a lot of money on it to get anywhere. And people in beta and alpha were kind of like beating it with the initial characters that they give you. Like they give you every all the tools you need to finish the whole game, and you're really just kind of if you want. It, and this company kind of does that. They're like, we'll give you everything you need to do everything. But if you want, you can spend money on, like, waifus and costumes. And that's how they kind of make their money, which is, I think, a fair trade. So if there's people out there who are like, I don't want to spend a dollar on it, you don't have to. Um, And then there will be other people like myself who are insane. And maybe not for this game, but can drop whatever hundreds of dollars on something. Why
1: not for this game?
0: Well, if I keep liking it, maybe. But not yet. I haven't spent anything on it yet. We shall see how it pans out. I've been playing um, more Persona, and I'm and I, I, I was spending so much time talking about different new things with Persona Five Royale that, I, and then as I played it, continued to play it, I was inundated with more new things in Persona Five Royale. It's insane yeah. how much is there. It's wild, absolutely wild. Um, there's this whole thing where there's this other town that opens up, um, Kiki, Kiki Joji. I'm saying, definitely saying that wrong. Um, and uh, and you can go and have your team come and play darts to increase baton pass levels, and the and that will make it so that it's like increase damage, some health or SP gain back, and uh, stuff like that when you baton pass over to people that you've played darts with. And then there's a billiards game that increases your technical. And we were talking last week about how technicals felt new and different because we didn't, I didn't really recognize them that much in the base game. And in Royale, they were made this like really deep thing. And some of that is the billiards where uh, it opens up the whole technical and technical is like you uh, debuff an enemy and then there's a corresponding um, like spell that will deal increased damage or knock down the enemy stuff. Like it's usually like a specific thing. Like, confuse specifically will work with like uh, sci- like psychic damage will like deal extra damage and possibly knock down fire uh, enemies that are on fire can get extra damage from wind um, and doing more of the billiards game with with your team, uh, makes it so that there's like extra damage higher chance to knock down and more spells that interact with more debuffs and they apparently like took away a lot of the weaknesses to make it a less binary thing so now you have to create these more complex personas that use debuffs and then use spells to interact with debuffs to technical people um, yeah. so there's a lot of stuff um there was even more things and i can't even remember it but i feel like i was just like seeing tons and tons of new things even since the last time i i was talking about how unique this game is like if you have not played persona then uh you and and you find it interesting at all like royale is there for you and it is such a unique thing i could imagine a lot of people who played persona just wanting to play this game too
1: yeah for sure Ah, path of exile just takes so much of my of my gaming time that you know
0: and there's valorant
1: there is valorant I've been playing, uh, and I'm almost out of time here, but I've been playing some Valorant customs uh, with a couple of people, uh, you know, so we've been doing 5v5s, uh, and a lot of the players are are higher level, some of them are lower level, but I think that it's a great chance for testing out, like, what Valorant could be and should be, where, like, your team is coordinating, you're trying to make these interesting plays, you're trying to use synergy, um, and... Yeah, I just think that it's a side of Valorant that a lot of people don't get to see because they're just shooting, uh, get, getting called like the like the racial end-word. epithets by their by their teammates and things like that. Yeah, in solo queue, solo queue Valorant is such a cesspool.
0: It is. I I I've played Counter Strike and I would say that Counter Strike is like actually worse. Like Counter Strike is usually. Yeah. And, it, it's like comical how bad counter counter strike is just there's one person cursing at you in russian there's one person who's like playing an old 90s era hip-hop song there's other people who are like just screaming the n-word and it's like every game that's the case there's someone afk'd already and stuff like that like that's every single game of counter strike and but in counter strike you can just leave well yeah in casual you can yes uh but but yeah, you're right. It is. It is unfortunate. Like I, I don't know how to. I, I was thinking about your complaints, and they're very valid. I don't know how they'll uh, get around it. I in in some cases, what I would like to see is possibly like harsher punishments. I always think that uh, Levers Island is a really good mechanic is like if you say a lot of racist stuff you go into like a dota used this and it was called a low priority queue and what it was was it was like a shadow ban and you didn't know it was happening to you um it would put you into a queue that would greater prioritize people who afk people who are offensive people who are trolls and like toxic and feed and do all these kind of things so that you would kind of like silently tank your account um and it it, it, what that does in a lot of cases is make it so that you can actually see like why it's not fun to play with you is like if you can't ever like what people who are assholes kind of bank on is that they get to go into a game and be an asshole and then in the next game they might not be an asshole and they get to play the game but if they're like drinking or high or uh 16 year old they get to uh, scream racial epithets at you, and then the next game they don't maybe you're winning and they don't do that. But if you're doing that, you should probably be in some kind of group that like shows you why people like you are a problem and why people are like you ruin the game. Uh, but more on that that uh, topic of the the uh, premades of the customs was it was kind of interesting to see that like Korean valorant, is at the point of people doing like these like perfect plays. That was insane. The other I, what was the, the team? That, Vision strikers. Yeah, that that uh showed off this like 10 second long play on Haven where Omen uh paranoid down C long um at the exact angle to hit people who were coming in C long, uh which would force them back out of C long while breach from B like did like this perfect double flash that hit people back at starting point where they would have been funneled back into from getting flashed on C long and then getting flashed at starting point where the jet was able to um, dash and get like two free kills based on like a quadruple team combo and it'll be interesting to see the direction of Valorant. Because, like we said, like, I think that even pros are also not playing Valorant in a lot of cases. They're just playing, like, Counter-Strike with, like, every once in a while CSGO abilities, or uh, with with uh, Overwatch yeah. abilities. Yep. And yep. that the eventual game that it's going to become is going to be Valorant. And that's going to be, like, a faster, more fluid use of these abilities that are going to be integrated into gunplay in a way that doesn't always happen right now. The, the, the game does feel like uh there's two sides to it so exciting i know yeah, and gotta, we're almost gotta, it, it,
1: hopefully uh if you're around this weekend you can uh get i am around skin. this
0: weekend and it's going to be a new uh season coming up soon
1: yep new season new gun skins coming up maybe they're
0: retro kind of fallouty almost looking
1: the, the bet in my opinion the best gun skins
0: i would not say that but we have different tastes
1: that's okay. You you bought the dragon skins. Who knows? I did buy the dragon skins. What do you think the best skins are?
0: Maybe the prime.
1: Yeah, the prime the, is definitely up there.
0: It sure. does so much. It's so clean. I always come back to it. I rotate skins a lot, and I come back to the prime a lot for being like it has a it has an awesome reload animation. Uh, the skins are pretty clean, but still visible. They still retain that uh, the guns kind of uh, general outline and soul um, without, you know, uh, going too buck wild in the way that like the dragon skins are. Um, it has, uh, good noises. I like them. Uh, at at first they felt too spacey and like pew pew and kind of like that. But over time, like there's like a tinniness to it that I really like. Uh, and it's got a good, uh, the wolf like explodes when you kill someone last and, uh, It has good kill sounds and stuff like that. Like, it's just a good... It's a solid skin set. You can always come back to that Prime set. Um, Other than that, I I really like... I like the spline skins, but uh, they're in a weird spot uh, because Riot's doing this thing where all the skins are like... There's no consistency in a lot of cases. Like, there's skins that are like Nebula or Spline that are kind of the same price as other skins that don't have certain aspects to it. But I really love the way that the spline skins are these like hollow, weird, almost like uh made out of I don't know, like ain't like some sort of alien plant life or something. I really like them.
1: Alright. Video games, am I right?
0: Video James, am I right?
1: Thanks for listening everybody. WTDGProcast dot What's to deal with games? You can find us at all the places you find your podcasts.
0: They're out on crying No <laughs> It's not crying. Uh, thank you, Bumper and Ryan Galloway, for the use of your new music. Oh, you can get it. You can get it. Off of the new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find them on YouTube and find all those links, those hot links, and you can gobble up uh, a record uh, for yourself. Get it now while supplies last. And your nice Bumper fan shirt.
1: Excellent. Okay,
0: well, thanks, everybody. We did the podcast. Yeah, we did the
1: podcast. Right, bye. Bye. Ha <laughs> <laughs>